I'm launching a course called Successful ADHD Entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, and I've had ADHD for a little bit longer than that. Over that time, I've learned quite a few things that make me quite effective. People even call me organized. After many people asked me to, I have created a course to share what I've learned with you. Get details at neurodiversity.me course. The first run is limited to only 20 students, and the first class is April 20th, so don't put this one off neurodiversity.me slash course. My name is Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy. I'm a global connector, networking concierge, and coach. For two decades, I believed that my ADHD was a disability. Only at the age of 41 would I come to realize that my ADHD was an incredible asset. And when I leaned into that, I achieved greater success than ever before. ADHD is the engine behind my own success as a networker and coach. Over the past few years, I've spoken with thousands of entrepreneurs and found that many of them have some kind of neurodiverse diagnosis, ADHD, autism, dyslexia, OCD, and more. Like me, for many of them, their neurodiversity is indeed the very source of their success. On this show, we will change the narrative on neurodiversity. I've heard enough about the challenges and how hard it can be. I want to hear about how awesome we are. It's time to start talking about how our neurodiversity can be an asset for ourselves, our communities, and our businesses. It's time to start talking about neurodiversity superpowers. Hello and welcome once again to the Neurodiversity Superpowers podcast. I am your host, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows the guy. Our guest today is Anna Malikian, and she is a coach, has dyslexia, and is generally pretty awesome. And we're going to learn a lot about that. So uh, a little bit about Anna here. She's born in Portugal originally, almost had to repeat the fourth grade because of her bad spelling. And just but despite being diagnosed with dyslexia, she earned two master's degrees and a PhD in psychology. She taught at universities in Portugal and Spain and started several entrepreneurial initiatives. Now living in the U.S., Anna combines her expertise in psychology with her trademark loving optimism to, to help audiences explore and embrace possibilities beyond their comfort zone. As a keynote speaker and the host of the Mindset Zone podcast, Anna helps audiences break through their mindset limitations, upgrade their minds operating systems, and achieve better results than ever while enjoying the process. I love that. Whenever you upgrade operating system, I always think of, you know, it's going to be like a Windows 8 thing or a Windows 10 thing. So um, <laughs> I, I can't install more RAM, so I don't know if I can accommodate the new operating system, but it's great to have you on here. How are, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Great. So uh, let's start with our, our typical first three questions. So first, how are you successful? I'm successful that I have an online business from home that is going to have an interesting distraction at the moment that, uh, that is opening the door to my dog because he wants to go out. Okay. So, <laughs> uh... so there we go. Yeah, and that's that's the great thing about being at, at working from home and the challenge of working from home is you get all these unique things that occur together. Yes. I, I think this is the, so um, I'm living the life that I create that yep. I think is my best definition of being successful. There are challenges. It's not everything roses or maybe it's everything roses, but like a rose that is, the the little spikes on the rose yep. that yep. make Thorn, part yep. of the beauty of the rose mm -hmm. um that i have the freedom of 
having more control of my time to spend with my family to travel to visit my family of origin that is in portugal if somebody's listening to the accent yep. i'm originally from portugal like you said in the bio uh, and um, i i'm living trying to live on my purpose mm-hmm. and having my business align with that to serve what I do to serve my clients and to be present with my family and friends. All right. And so, of course, we mentioned dyslexia is the the form of your neurodiversity. Then how has that led to your success? Uh, It's interesting because I thought that was an handicap, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Like like you read in the bio uh, in the beginning, I really struggle mainly with the spelling. I was a a good student in general, uh, but with very, very bad spelling. Mm -hmm. Um, To the point that uh, uh, I almost, they, if was had been like 20 years before, I possibly will not have left the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the basic education level because yep. uh, before 20 years before my time they didn't allow people that did more than three spelling mistakes in a one page kind of dictation document to go to the next level mm-hmm. when i arrived uh, doing my education in portugal they already had changed the rules and the teacher realized that was a very specific thing and um, and so she let me progress i kept improving as a student but always with the spelling the main kind of um, way that uh, people around me saw there is something that uh, is not normal Mm -hmm. was the spelling the spelling mistakes i could not i and and portuguese is a phonetical language but with the sounds were uh, i i could not differentiate certain sounds uh, in high school, uh, the the psychologists in the school work with me a little bit, but she, at the time there was not specific training. Nowadays, possibly I will have gone to a logotherapist, somebody, a speech therapist that mm-hmm. have the training to uh, uh, to help us. But I just, but even in spite of, that is what I see when I was going, growing up. I had that thing, but in spite of it, I succeed. I was a good mm-hmm. student. I went to college. I uh, I was successful in college. Was really, I will say, uh, even learning other languages. I learned to speak English. I learned to speak Spanish. I study in Spain. I work in Spain. So I always thought I can overcome this obstacle mm-hmm. and still be do what I want to do. And was relatively recently when I started to learn a little bit more about dyslexia that I understood the superpowers of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because one of the things that I didn't realize that um, most dyslexia, oh yes, we have problems with left and right. I always have to see what is the hand that right. Oh, this is the right hand. <laughs> so the other one is the left hand. Uh, and orientation is not the easiest things in many, many ways. And at the same time, we have this tendency or capacity of seeing things, the patterns of things, Mm. of seeing the big picture. And that the conceptual models and even math for me was always easy. And now I understand that is how my brain is wired. Mm. 
and I didn't knew that that was one of the characteristics of many dyslexics have be able to because maybe we have the challenge of the, the, the detail we have to see the uh, the overall picture to yeah. make sense of things and that absolutely always gave me an advantage in understanding in connecting the dots that I absolutely leverage even uh, before I realized that was a superpower mm -hmm. in my academic life, in my um, professional life, and now in my business too. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that concept. And of course, your story is very similar to many with uh, all kinds of different neurodiversities because school is very fixated on, you know, how do you spell? How do you do your math? Show your work. Um, do it the way we do it. And the further you get from that, once you can start doing things your way, uh, you know, I, I, so I imagine you probably uh, lean heavily on spell checkers and the integrated spelling resources and technologies. So, you know, it's not as debilitating as it would have been a hundred years ago when you're writing by hand, uh, everything. Now the computer puts a red line under it. You click it and you're like, Oh, that's what I meant. Which yeah. But we develop the art of calligraphy of writing letters that can be two different letters and uh -huh. let the reader to interpret. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's interesting that when I was growing up in the education system in Portugal at the time, there was no accommodation to dyslexia. They already knew the name, they knew that there was something, but there was no special um, kind of accommodations that mm -hmm. I'm wondering if I had had, if it had opened me other doors, but for the other side, the the challenges that i overcome i think made me uh um i learned from it mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that it's not good to have accommodations now yeah. and to be aware of these things but like in the beginning working from home that we were speaking in the beginning working for home is a great thing but there are distractions there are interruptions mm -hmm. like everything if i was working in the office there will be other types of challenges so it's whatever we are, we are, and I think we have to make the best out of it. Yeah, it, uh, and I, I look at part of my concept with this show is that people will listen to it who maybe are in their early 20s and won't have to do what I did for 20 years, wandering in the wilderness, thinking I'm disabled. But I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't done that. So I wouldn't give up what I have, but I wouldn't necessarily say everyone, uh, well, my 20 years of suffering was very valuable, so everyone should suffer for 20 years. The both things can be true, right? Uh, that we pray uh, when we look back, we see okay, we learn and we make the best out of it, and we are proud of it. And at the same time, maybe we can change how the system works mm -hmm. to make life a little bit easier for people with some uh, for everybody. Uh, yeah. Even the I think the people that. Um, don't have that narrow diversity that are how, how do you call it neurotypic or normal say, yeah. uh, and even the, those they have their own set of challenges it's yeah. like if they don't have any challenge to face yeah. everybody has and i think we have to create uh, in education especially and in the world professional world uh is what we speak about in a diversity and inclusive place is right I think everybody will gain from it because allow us to be more creative, allow us to be 
to bring more voices to the table, to see things from different perspectives that I think uh, is to face the challenges, the complexity of the challenge that the yep. world is throwing to us. We absolutely need that. Totally. Yeah, and I think sometimes accommodation, I think people hear accommodation, they think like special treatment, but my daughter probably has ADHD. I mean, she's my daughter. And, but I haven't heard anything from teachers that that indicates any kind of problems with it. And then I look at how they're running the classrooms these days. And it's not sit in rows of desks for six hours doing worksheets. You know, they they change things every 45 minutes. They have different stations around the room. There's physical movement. There's There's hands-on activities. You know, they teach the way kids learn. Wow, amazing idea. So... So suddenly all these these ADHD problems aren't problems because, as I say, ADHD is the inability to focus on boring things. So you make them less bored, it's going to work better. And the same thing with, with you know, dyslexia. If, if, if you accommodate by allowing them to use spell checkers and say, okay, you can't spell, move on. You know, great. You can't. Do you understand the principles of spelling? Yes. Do you know how to learn to spell better? Yes. Okay, move on. Learn to write now, you know. You can't sit here and learn to spell until you're 16 years old. Yeah, is is being flexible to have that yep. flexibility and understanding that these are complex things. Because with HDAD, I always think about the, the influence that now social media mm-hmm. and the mobile devices are going to impact uh, the tendency that some people have of. Uh, uh, destruction because mm-hmm. we are living in a much fast-paced kind of stimulation than 20 years before uh, yep. uh, the, the present time and how that kind of uh, dynamic between nurture and, and nature are going to interplay with each other mm-hmm. yeah so some of the issues blends in and as more and more people exhibit the signs whether they have it or not because of the way social media is affecting them um, and actually, th- this this brings us to something that was in your bio that I'd love to learn more about, which is I I made a joke about it, but I'm actually curious the uh, the m- mental operating system and improving improving mental operating systems and mindset. I'd love to hear more about you know how you what you do with that and how you help people to upgrade their their mental Mind, operating system. Yes. Yeah, and and that is something that um, so in a nutshell is the we all if uh, we don't have. Um, uh, serious problems. We come to this world with uh, a vast capacity of understanding the world and make sense of the world. Each one of us will have a different upbringing, different family lives, different challenges to face. And uh, we absolutely make the best. The kids by nature are resilient, thank God. Mm-hmm. And we make the best of the circumstances. But let's be honest, we create also bad habits along the way. Mm, yep, yeah. And uh, it's like uh, if uh, we have, uh, I don't know, uh, everything depends on our age range and our age range here of the listeners, but maybe some of us here will remember when first personal computers start to show up, the MSOs that we had to code everything mm-hmm. line by line and the big revolution that was the Mac and then the Windows system. Uh, imagine that we still now for all our lives in the computer and even in the mobile devices that we had to learn the code lines for everything. <laughs> Does it, 
But in many ways, so what happens is that we upgrade the operating, operating system. Mm-hmm. And even uh, maybe something that people can relate, even young people that never went through that, if a young person think about they have a computer or, or an iPad or any smart device, and they are busy with things and all of that, and they keep delaying, updating, keep saying later, later to the update one, and things take ages to upload, it takes mm-hmm. ages to download, or other kind of challenge, but they, I don't have time to do that thing until the computer crashes and, okay, we decide to upgrade the operating system. And, uh, whoa, now it's much quicker everything. Yeah, there is some learning curve, but things are much smoother after that. I think for us, us uh, when we get into the adulthood, is a little we come with operating system that we put together during our growing up years, but we have the option of working a lot in what goes on between our two years mm. and really make sure that the basic, what is the operating system, is the system that allows us to operate in a certain way that it makes sense, that is serving us and not as serving it. Mm, uh, yep. And we know so much nowadays about neuropsychology, about the high performance science, about positive psychology, about we have a, a body of knowledge that articulate in a way that people can understand well. That is really why are we not leveraging that to upgrade mm the basic structure of our psychology. Mm, okay. That is my principle. And uh, and in terms of high performance, you will hear other people speaking about it. Um, but I think once you do that, then all your learning, you can upgrade everything else. You can like load other programs, so to speak, and they yep. will work better. Interesting. And I, I think, yeah, to, to me, at least, some of the reason that I, I haven't taken advantage of a lot of what's out there is, is one, it requires attention and focus to do any kind of real change. Uh, and the other is, what is the thing you want? You know, with, with your with your phone, it says upgrade. It's going to upgrade to the next thing. It knows what to do. But it would be like if there was a, if there were 12 operating system options and you had, okay. well, and even like buying a phone. I've had the same phone for six years because I didn't want to deal with any new one. And I had a Pixel 1. And what's my new phone? A Pixel 5, because I don't want to deal with figuring out what other brand is and, and what they all are. Um, and so I think it might be the same way. There's so much information. There's so much bad information. There's so much um, confusing information. So it's like, where do you start to figure out what what you should be doing? And you raise a really important point, because if we are always chasing the next shining object, what we call the SOS syndrome, shining mm-hmm. object syndrome, uh, we we never, it's like, uh, we go after this, we, then we go after that, and after that, we are always changing. For instance, the phone, we never learn, uh, then we know a little bit how it works, and we go to the next one. Yep. We never leverage the potential that is there. But the other extreme is there is a cartoon image that I love to show in my talks that is, imagine how to say in the Stone Age times, mm-hmm. so it's like men's dressing with the skins of animals, that kind yeah. of the imaging. And you have 
these two men like pu uh, pulling a cart, and the cart has square wheels. Oh yeah, they yeah, are pulling off for. And there is the inventor there with a, a wheel, a beautiful circle round wheel, saying, "Hey, I have something that can be helpful." And of course, the other ones, we are too busy. This is too much work. Don't distract us. Yep. So when it arrives to that extreme, if we have something that really will be transformational, that absolutely justify the time of pressing the pause button and dedicating some time to that personal growth mm. that will make all the difference. And there are great systems out there. If uh, people that are listening to us, I, if you want a, a easy, solid research-based system, look to the work of Sirzad Jamin, Positive Intelligence. Awesome. Yes, okay. his book with the same name, Positive Intelligence, is a New York Times best-selling book. He also has a program, he has coaches. I'm one of the certified coaches in that system that, is, that I know how it transforms me personally mm -hmm. and how it helps other people. But there are other systems out there, but that is the one that I know better. And uh, really, he did an incredible work with... Uh, uh, utilizing what people are doing. People are using yep. the phone all the time. So guess what? You develop an app that allow the people to train in that system and give mm -hmm. them prompts to keep it going. It's like people, even let, let me give a couple of examples, I think for people to understand. Uh, sports, we are here in the United States. I don't know, do you like football, American I'm, football? I am familiar with it. Okay. I, so, I watch it once a year. Uh, Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, at least in the Super Bowl. I know the I, rules. My husband loves football, so I learned through him. Uh, but the quarterback is a very important player yeah. in, uh, in the uh, football. Great. Nobody expects that the, uh, the quarterback in a football game is going to be in his best performance if he doesn't train when he's not on the field. Right. Everybody, and it's something that we can admire of all the athletes, how much do they train or the Olympic Games? They, nobody earns a medal in the Olympic Games without a lot of work to arrive there in their best performance. Mm -hmm. But when we look to our professional life, even CEOs in a company, yes, they have lots of experience and training, but in terms of psychological thing. It's like almost we expect that they are in their a, playing their A game with no specific training mm. for that game. Yes, relying on the experience and past things, but what is the work? It's like if we go to the gym or if we go in certain activities to get more physically fit, what are we doing in our day-to-day -to, -day to be mentally fit? Yep. It's like another image that I think people can relate more. You climb uh, four flights of stairs. Uh, you are in a hotel, the elevator is down, you decide to go and you are in the sixth floor of the hotel. Yeah. If you are not physically fit, you arrive to the sixth floor and you are without any breath. You, you, you are just collapsing. You cannot do anything else yeah. and, until you recover your breath. And with, if you are not psychologically fit, when you have a big challenge, guess what? 
you are without any hair left. You don't have resilience yep. to do anything about it. So absolutely there are things that we can do to become more resilient and more psychologically fit. That yes, we have to put some work on it, but really pays hugely in our professional life, in our personal life, in, in so many aspects. Well, and I think the, the exercise is a, is a good good metaphor, too, that I think a lot of people are looking for the one perfect solution. Um, and so maybe they try something for a while, they don't get the results, they try something else, they don't get the results, trust me else. So they never get really good at anything, never really deep into anything. Um, and they also never really do anything because they're not committed enough to actually do the exercise. You know, you, you can't read a book on exercise and then go climb stairs. Like, you need to actually do it. And it's it's better to ha to be fully engaged in the fourth best strategy than to be disengaged into four different strategies. And then, you know, think about the wheel. Like, yeah, so a round wheel is best. But if you can get an octagonal wheel, it's going to be better than your square wheel. If you can get a rounded cornered wheel, it's going to be better than your square wheel. Um, you know, doing something to get closer. And, and like you say, with exercise too, even if you don't, you know, have an exercise routine, but today you walk, and the next day you go and you run up and down the stairs 20 times. And the next day you carry some mulch around the yard. And the next day you take the dog for a long walk. And the next day you play baseball. It's not a routine, but at least you're doing something. You're you're taking action and moving forward. Um, obviously, the best routine is going to be better, but the, no routine is going to be worse. Absolutely. And you are also touching off the implementation point that is so important. Because I always like to say insights are not enough. Mm -hmm. That will not be wonderful that just uh, sitting in front of our computer and see TEDx or TED Talks will enough to change us in a lasting way. That will be amazing. Or reading a book will, yes, the, it can spark the, that motivation to get us going and to change things. But we need to have a plan. We need to have the implementation to make things really happen and change. Yeah can be messy and we have to be ready to that messiness. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely be. Um, change is definitely going to be messy, but you have to embrace that that you're going to get the results from it and that's why you do it. Um, so, you know, I, I love those those concepts and the importance of avoiding that shiny object syndrome to really, really focus there. Um, so for people who are out there as we're coming towards the end of our time, for people out there who are neurodiverse, particularly dyslexic, but really anything, you know, especially say someone who's either younger or maybe they're they're older. I mean, I was 41. I still thought ADHD was a disability. Um, and and they think that they are disadvantaged, disabled, um, or they haven't found their superpower. What would your advice be for anyone out there listening? No, really ask for help or look for resources out there even podcasts like the one that you have here. Really subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> uh, like you do, you do an incredible thing in the titles that you always put the, 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 the diagnose or the big name that people are more familiar with. If you mm -hmm. think, oh, maybe I'm HDADI, maybe I'm dyslexic, go there, check the podcast and listen to other people's stories and other people's experiences and see what they did. And that can give you ideas of what to do next. But Always, I think people nowadays, in terms of all this neurodiversity, are more aware and uh, 
the web can be a good resource mm -hmm. and th there are people that uh, really specialize in helping and help us to uh, take our superpowers to the next level. I love it. And so people wanted to connect with you. What's the best way to, to get in touch with you? I like to keep things simple. So my name, AnnaMalikian.com. So Anna is such with one N, A-N-A. Malikian is M-E-L-I-K-I-A-N.com. And I'm sure that you're also going to put this on the show notes. Yes. Because if people are dyslexic as me, the if you even if you give letter by letter, is uh oh yep. uh go, yep, to the show go to the show notes click on that yeah i, I realize that too that the website is is neurodiversitysuperpowers.me and that's the name of the show so it makes sense but whenever i try to type it in to send to somebody like i'm missing a, a u here or an o there and i was thinking that this is going to be rough on the dyslexic part of the audience they're just gonna have to search for it can i suggest a little trick oh yes i love tricks get a shortcut like a, a simple url that you can redirect the big one oh yeah i could do one of those yeah get one of those um i figure most uh, people are finding it by searching it anyway or by clicking yes. on something somewhere so but, it's fine but uh, it, it, as i become more alert to the different you know different neurodiversities um and i i sometimes think about like oh that that would be kind of challenging for that one hmm, interesting um and, and and of course, as they interact, you know, ADHD being four arbitrary letters. Um, that talking to someone about dyslexia about ADHD, um, you know, you see all these interesting things. But then it doesn't really matter. Like if you get the the order of ADHD wrong, it doesn't affect comprehension for anyone listening. Um, and that kind of gets back to what you're saying with school: is school penalize you for things that don't really matter? Whereas everyone knew, everyone knows what we're talking about. You know, if I if if I forget things, but I tell you I've got ADHD and I'm going to forget things, we work around it. We make it work. So a lot's about, uh, you know, accommodating yourself as well. Um, so again, yeah, so, so uh, animalikian.com, spelled just like it sounds, um, <laughs> which actually it is. So it's there's a lot of a lot of syllables close together, but it is exactly like it sounds. Uh, so that's down in the show notes that people want to get in touch with with you and it sounds like I got some really great stuff around mindset which is very powerful and um you know if you don't want to do what i did which is just interview 200 people and learn from them uh it's probably easier to just go straight to you and learn from you so thank you so much for being on the show my pleasure this has been the neurodiversity superpowers podcast i'm your host michael whitehouse sign up to get every episode at neurodiversity superpowers.me Join our Facebook group on facebook.com slash groups slash neurodiversity superpowers. Thank you so much for joining us, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'm launching a course called Successful ADHD Entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, and I've had ADHD for a little bit longer than that. Over that time, I've learned quite a few things that make me quite effective. People even call me organized. After many people ask me to, I have created a course to share what I've learned with you. Get details at neurodiversity.me course. The first run is limited to only 20 students, and the first class is April 20th, so don't put this one off neurodiversity.me slash course.